to Janice's surprise, the door was unlocked. Matthew Fraser, a man with five locks and a ten-minute ritual for securing them, had left his apartment unlocked. She twisted the knob, pushed gingerly, and let the door drift open before her. Even before she stepped inside, the smell knocked her back two feet. Like mildewed carpet and weak old fish baking together in the heat, how could the man stand it? A narrow, dimly lit hall stretched ahead of her, its brown carpet worn bare with age. Matt? She tossed the word cautiously into the gloom. No response. She sifted in the silence. Nothing. Not the whir of air conditioning, not the whisper of breathing, not even the distant hum of traffic for Merivale Road. With shallow breaths, she edged down the hall into the main room. At the entranceway, she froze, trying to make sense of the sight before her. Lining the walls and filling every spare cranny were floor-to-ceiling shelves crammed with books, binders, and newspapers curling with age. More stacks sat on the coffee table and the floor as if waiting for space. A vinyl couch and a computer were the only other occupants of the room. Dust danced in the slivers of sunlight that seeped past the blinds on the windows. Matt? She ventured again, peering around a bookshelf into another hall. More bookshelves. More newspapers. An old-fashioned telephone table held a heavy black phone with its receiver off the hook. No wonder I couldn't get through, she thought, as she hung it back up. She'd been trying to call Matt for six days, ever since he'd failed to show up for their daily walk. He had seemed unusually skittish at last week's therapy group, and his old paranoia had been creeping back in. He'd been talking about conspiracies and about the futility of the little guy against the system. Just like bullies in the playground, he'd said, they own all the balls in the game. He never stopped trying, that much was clear. Whatever obsessed him was right here in this room, labeled by month and year going back ten years. There was an entire bookshelf devoted to cross-examination and the testimony of minors, and another two bookshelves of Ottawa citizens and sons, dating back a decade. He had bookcases on psychology, ranging all the way from Sigmund Freud through cognitive psychology to recent texts on post-traumatic stress disorder. Other books lay splayed open on the coffee table and stacked on the floor. Janice felt the hairs rise on her arms as she gazed at the clutter, which had a flavor of fanaticism. She liked Matt and thought him a lonely, wounded man who was struggling to put his life together. It had taken him weeks to say a word in the therapy group, more weeks to accept her invitation to coffee, and months to confide to her anything of his ordeal. At the beginning, she'd simply thought him shy and slow to trust anyone but his cherished Modo, a lab Rottweiler mix that he'd adopted from the Humane Society. Modo had been a reject like himself, found at four months old tied to the railway track on the outskirts of the city. She'd been ungainly and mismatched, all feet and monstrous head. But she'd suited his mood. He'd taken her in when he was at his lowest ebb, shut away from the world, fearing the gossip and the disgust.